This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On this week's show, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic finally gets a remake, The Matrix is resurrecting some familiar characters, and we are reviewing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Welcome, everybody, to the From a Certain Point of View podcast. This is episode 96. We are so close to 100, Adam. How does it feel? Uh, it feels very similar to 95. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're it's right. It's kind of like when you get older and have a birthday and someone says how you feel. <laughs> you feel any different? Nope. nope. Still about the same. <laughs> but it's really, it's really exciting. We're getting that close to 100, though. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to think of something special for the 100th episode. Yeah, I have been thinking about that. We'll have to, we'll have to come up with something good. Yes, yes. Maybe that'll um, be our first good thing. <laughs> what's that? Maybe that'll be our first good thing that we come up with. Our first good episode? Yeah. yeah. Episode 100? Yeah. yeah. Life starts at 100. Yeah, I think by now we, sh- we should have figured it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what have you been watching this week? Um, you know... Not a ton this week. Um, I did watch one thing, and it's kind of goes along with what I saw you put on here. But this is actually a Netflix documentary, and it's called mm-hmm. uh, Turning Point: uh, 9/11 and the War on Terror. Uh, we, we are recording on September 12th, uh, yes. so you know, day after we've spent a day remembering, you know, what that was like 20 years ago, which that does feel different. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Thinking that that's been 20 years already. It's crazy. Um, so uh, it, it's a it's a good I want to say like five part documentary if I remember right um, somewhere in the neighborhood like five six episodes and um, you know it does does a good job covering the things that we uh, you know, covering some of the history you know in Afghanistan and you know leading up to you know um, what. Um, you know what what led to those feelings uh mm-hmm. you know um that bin Laden acted on um also covers some of the things that in some of the reasons that we missed all this uh or that hmm. our intelligence didn't you know act on this in, in time or didn't stop it or you know that type of stuff um communication breakdowns intelli- intelligence breakdowns that type of stuff um you know covers the actual Day and it has some pretty incredible footage in it um, from that day, and uh, you know, covers some of the aftermath stuff. You know, uh, getting into the wars and, and all that that followed. So, um, pretty good documentary there. Yeah, it sounds pretty comprehensive. I you know think I'll have to give that one a look. I have been watching on Hulu the Looming Tower, which kind of talks about what happened between you know leading up to 9-11 and some of the 
miscommunication and intelligence you mentioned, but between like the CIA and the FBI and, yeah, and those yeah. types of things. Um, so that's been interesting. But this week I watched on Apple TV Plus a documentary called 9-11 Inside the President's War Room. And basically it covered that whole day, 9-11-2001, um, from like the president's perspective and his team that, that was around him and, and kind of walked through everything like the president went through on that day. And and it was just really fascinating to see that angle on it and mm-hmm. the decisions they had to make and how they reacted. And um, it was really interesting. So I, I saw I an ad for that. That, sounded, that looked really, mm-hmm. really interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking that one out. Yeah, it was it was very good, and it it was it was weird watching some of that footage from two thousand one, knowing that we experienced it, you know, when we were in high school, and yeah. and the footage looked so old though. It was so weird it how is, like yeah. how like kind of old the footage looked and everything. You know that that's it just made me we're feel getting that age old. <laughs> yeah. um, we're yeah. getting to that age, so, man. <laughs> but. But yeah, of course, just a, a terrible tra- tragedy and something that we should always reflect on, remember, and yeah. um, learn from. You know, I have one more. But, I'm going to sneak a Josh in here, and I'm going to oh, recommend one more thing and lighten go, it up a little bit it. before I, we I move do it on. all the time. Um, I've been, and this is like a couple weeks too late, but I've actually really been digging. Um, and I know we have some wrestling fans that listen to the show. Uh, but I've really been digging AEW wrestling lately, and if you've been sleeping on that for the last couple of years, you're missing out on a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm sleep. I'm sleeping on AEW. It's Adam. good I'm one stuff, of those ones man. Because and I'll tell you something. I just don't know a whole lot of the talent over there. Well, you, you know do now. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so. First of all, if you, I know that you were a WCW guy, you know, back in I the was. day. Yeah. It has a very similar feel to WCW mm-hmm. back in the, the the good stuff, you know, back in the day from WCW, um, you know, down to Jim Ross on the, on commentary. Uh, mm-hmm. But you, you talk about you, Sting is there. Oh. Chris Jericho is there. Okay. I knew Chris Jericho was there, yeah. but I didn't know Sting was there. CM Punk is now there. <laughs> nice. Uh, just recently they brought over, um, Adam Cole, uh, who was in, uh, WWE for a while, kind of, kind of got stuck on NXT and, you know, they didn't use him right, which is how they kind of roll these days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Daniel Bryan is now there. He's going by his name. Oh, his wow. Name, Bryan Danielson. They kind of showed up. Their last two pay-per-views have both been incredible pay-per-views, like top-notch pay-per-views. Wow. Um, and just tonight, before we recorded, I was listening to some Fozzie, which is Chris Jericho's band. And uh, yeah, I like I like them. He's kind of been their um, champion, I guess. You know, he was I, I wanted like he was kind of like the first real big guy that left WWE to, to you know try this whole different brand out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're they're on uh, TNT now. You know, so that kind of has that old you know back in yeah, the day the feel, old WCW feel. Yep, um, and uh, Tony Khan is is doing some pretty incredible things, uh, you know, behind the scenes on this as a GM, and he's just bringing in some really great names, uh, doing some really good bookings, and the the quality of these pay per views is you know just insane. Uh, oh, uh, Dean Ambrose is another one of those Dean WWE Ambrose. guys that's over there. Mm-hmm. He's another one of the uh, big shows there now. Uh, okay. Mark, man, Henry, Mark Henry is actually doing some commentary for them too. 
Um, nice. They uh, Taz <laughs> huh. is there. Uh, it's just all these guys have now kind of gotten behind this brand, and it's you know WWE is always going to be top dog, and it's probably going to be that way mm-hmm. for a while. You know, in terms of in terms of you know, revenue and all that stuff. I mean, production value. Um, things yeah. maybe uh, production value actually on AEW is really good, <laughs> like really good. Uh, That's good. So mm. it's it's pretty insane, um, but uh, I I would say in terms of like for fans our age, you know, uh, AEW is where it's at. I, I for me, uh, WWE is now playing catch up. And mm-hmm. just in the last couple of weeks or months, uh, that's become pretty blatantly true. So, um, WWE is, like I said, still top dog in terms of like, you know, they're bringing in the big bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but AEW man is kind of where it's at from wrestling right now for me, I think. So I'll have to check it out then. Thank you for that extra recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So, Today we're also trying out a new idea for the show, and if if, if anybody has a better name for this uh, little portion of our show, let me name know. Name this but, segment. <laughs> name this segment, but right now it's called One Question to Rule Them All. Um, so it's just one question each week that we ask. Um, it could be a movie quote, what what quote does this movie belong to? Um, it could be, you know, what's your favorite scene in this movie? T- today's question is... Um, which is your favorite film in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Since since I went with a the one question to rule them all, I figured we should keep it with Lord of the Rings. So and we Adam, do have some Lord I of the Rings news to talk about a little bit later too. So yeah, we do too. So um, I know this is hard to choose, but if you had to choose one, what would be your? Yeah, favorite it's film not in? so hard to choose for me. Um, it's it's Return of the King for me, uh, mm-hmm. which is a little odd because it's the only movie that has something that I really glaringly don't like about it, and, and I've talked about it on the show before, and that's when Sam sends Frodo home. Yeah, Frodo sends right. Sam home. Um, it's the only movie that has something in it that I just kind of cringe every time I see it. And mm-hmm. still, the rest of the movie is so good uh, that, um, you know, that one part I can forget, you know. So yeah. it's still, it's for me, uh, Return of the King. Um, and if I was going to order them, it would actually be, and it's hard, like it, like you said, it's hard to do this, but I actually like Fellowship second best, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Two Towers. And not that I don't like Two Towers, you know, it's just where it falls for me, so... Yeah, I, this is tough because I think it's one of, if not the greatest trilogy out there um, yeah, in yeah. terms of film trilogies and just the consistency of just how great they all are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, the, for some reason, The Two Towers has, also, has always been like a special one for me, um, mm-hmm. especially when they were first released. And I just remember The Two Towers just... And Battle of Helm's Deep, I, I yeah, think, is epic. I mean, one of the best battles ever put to film. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's just a lot of build up. I, I love all the build up and the character development and all the build up that leads to that battle. And I think it really pays off in the in the end and everything. Yeah. Um, so I'm just yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Two Towers. Uh, that's that's got to be my favorite. Yeah, and, and, and the, the other inter- interesting thing is I actually like Helm's Deep better than Pelennor Fields too. I know? agree. I think it's a and, better battle know, for you me. Know, so I have like yeah. the two towers where I prefer that battle scene, which takes up a good mm-hmm. chunk of that movie. 
and then Return of the King, I have that scene that, that I'm really not a fan of, but still Return of the King is above, and it's just everything else around it is was so good for me. Um, I love, and I know some people don't love this, I love how much time it took at the end to wrap things up. You oh know? yeah, I love all the, the multiple endings and everything. I, I, I absolutely adore that, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it deserves that type of ending. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. absolutely did. I, and I love that to this day. I know some people feel like it goes on forever, um, but I adore that ending. I just love that ending so much. I, I love the scenes with uh, Pippin and, and Gandalf. You know, there's a lot of great stuff there, uh, a lot of memorable quotes. and it, It's just those things for Return of the King just that makes, just kind of puts it just above the others just a little bit, so... I can't argue with that. It's 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 right there for me too. So it was hard not picking that one actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Lord of the Rings, um, we are going to get into some Lord of the Rings news here in just a second. Sold out. Every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! Okay, so we have the Middle Earth Ultimate Collector's Edition um, that has been given a release date by Warner Brothers. Um, it's gonna The box set will be released on October 26th. Um, 31 discs. It, it's the cost is $250. Um, it's it's Which going to honestly, have, I don't think is that I don't think that's exorbitant for 31 discs. It's, it's not terrible for what plus, you're getting. Plus, it's 4K, it's you know, Blu ray 4K, and digital. The Blu-ray has been remastered from the 4K master, which was overseen by Peter Jackson. Um, You're talking about $8 a disc. Yeah, and, and there's going to be a lot of extra content on there yeah. um, that haven't been seen, hasn't been seen necessarily. Um, yep. yep. Dolby Vision on, on those um, 4K releases and everything, too. So it's going to be hard for me to justify getting this just because I spent yeah. so much money on these movies already yeah. from the, from blue, Blu-ray box sets to 4k box sets to that's where I'm at know. too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm defending yeah. the cost, but I'm not going to be buying it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe someday. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sure. someday. Um, it, it's just like you said, I already own 4k versions of these, you know, I, I don't need another box set. Uh, right. there's some pretty cool, special features in there i just i don't i don't need it at all so it, I, it, I don't even know where i'd put it you know yeah. i don't i don't have any more room left so i'm glad yeah most of the movies i get now are digital except for the ones that i really need to have on yeah. physical yeah. it looks beautiful i mean if, if you're a collector lord of the rings collector it, it looks like a beautiful set there's a nice book in in there as well um mm -hmm. you know a bit uh you know i just i don't i don't need it so yeah but looks however, if cool. anyone out there wants to send me the, this thing, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, for Christmas is coming up. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We accept we that will. sort of donation. We will, we will take that. We'll share it if we have to. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but moving on, I'll um, keep the Lord of the Rings discs, and you can have the Hobbit discs. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, we'll just swap it <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> 
so also in our news this week um mission impossible 7 has wrapped filming um <laughs> longest although, filming ever i think <laughs> yeah um there are many delays all those sorts of things yeah. um but I guess the UK-based gaffer Martin Smith posted on his Instagram a picture of um, just basically this big, what do you call those things? The those <laughs> You're on your own on this one. <laughs> the black and white striped uh, things. I don't know. White tiger. <laughs> tiger yeah, King. Yeah, whatever. Um, Joe Exotic. Tiger King. No? Okay. Anyway, Not on that. it it says it says mission complete on it. Um Oh, the clapper thing? The, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. <laughs> that's what that's what it is. All right. Um <laughs> but the film has been delayed again though. Um moved from May 27th, 2022 to September 30th, 2022. So, yep. Long is the wait. Yeah. You're just going to see Tom Cruise gradually age throughout this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And another thing I think that's been a long time coming, you know, that we've talked about before, because we talked about how, um, is it Aspire? Yeah, I think so. That has been doing a lot of, you know, Star Wars remakes Mm -hmm. in video games, like they worked on Republic Commando and Jedi Outcast. And and we talked about Knights of the Old Republic and whether or not it would be like what they've done with those games or if this is going to be like a ground up, like total remake. And that seems like that's what it's going to be. Um, It's ground up total remake, yeah. I mean, th- this was announced during PlayStation's showcase, yep. and um, there was a cinematic trailer that was shown, which, you know, kind of highlights and um, teases. That would be Darth Revan, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Darth Revan. And That's correct. I'm really excited about this. I-, I-, I think this was the right choice. I think you have got to do it right when it comes to Knights of the Old Republic, and I think a total remake is what this game deserves. Yeah, definitely. In my opinion, yeah, so. definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's going to be a while before we see this and, and see more from it. Um, oh, yeah. I I'm imagine excited. there's still a couple years to go on this thing. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I am a little confused about is I did say that this is... Like, everywhere I see, it says this is a PS5 ex- Day 1 exclusive with the possibility that it'll come that it'll come to other platforms later. Um yeah. but Lucasfilm Games actually said PS5 and PC. So I don't know if that means their PC is coming day 1 also cuz that's where I'll be playing if that's <laughs> if Yeah. that's the case. Uh so that's the one thing I well, am a little confused on. Yeah, I just I think I'm going to have to have a PS5 by the time this game comes out. I think uh, you know, there you hopefully go. I have one by then. There you go. Um yeah. So Next up, we have something I am now through the roof excited about. I was excited before, but now it's even more so. Um, and that is The Matrix Resurrections. The uh, trailer was released this week, and I thought this was a fantastic trailer. The first time I watched it, I, I was like, oh, this looks different. This looks doesn't look like The Matrix I'm used to. But then the more yeah. I watched it... Um, the more I got used to that new look and feel of it, yeah, um, things to, looked really. I think I'll have to watch it again too, because that's kind of how I felt yeah. about it. Uh huh. Um, 
but the more I watched it, the more I got excited and, and really all these theories going through my mind and, um, you know, how are, are Neo and Trinity back? Why are they back? What, where are they right now? Because the, if they're in the matrix in some of these scenes, it doesn't have that green tint to it like we're used to. So I don't know if they're in some other version or iteration of the matrix or something else entirely and what's going on there. But what I love about this trailer is it really feels a lot more like the first matrix um, See, than that, the second and third. Yeah, it does feel that way. And um, mm -hmm. I actually like in terms of narrative, I, I worry about that a little bit because I worry that it's going to, you know, kind of have that force awakens to new hope vibe. You know what I mean? I think it does kind of have that vibe, but I love the the Force Awakens. I, I, oh, I do too. I do too. I do too. Beats to you know. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you know maybe. But they, I can see how some people might be critical of that. And, but. And, but and maybe the Matrix needs that because I mean it didn't really go out with a bang either. Kind of like you know Star Wars was kind of yeah. coming back from a you know a trilogy prequel trilogy that not everybody loved. You know. Right. So let's uh, kind of get back to the roots of what people loved. And, so maybe you know. it is that. I just hope it's, I just hope it, it, it's its own narrative. You know what I mean? I have a lot of faith in Lena Wachowski and I have in, in the fact that I think there's a story reason why we're seeing these things repeat themselves. I think there's going to be a very good reason within the story why that's happening. And then I, I think it's going to pave new ground at, after that point. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think right, it's going yeah. to be its own thing. And I'm already seeing a lot of like new things with technology and the use of camera and, and that, are, you know, the matrix was always known for like special effects and bullet time and, and bringing new things to, to film. Um, so I think it'll probably attempt to do that again yeah. as well yeah i hope you're i hope you're right on that like it, it looks good I, I it didn't blow me away it, but it looks good i mean that's it's hard to blow me away with matrix stuff i'm sorry josh but um no that's understandable i did start to rewatch the matrix yesterday so i, I am on yeah. the first one so i am gonna go through and get myself caught up again like i talked about a few months ago and never did um right so it did get me to start watching them again um it's a good time to revisit it I, I, I do wish that Keanu didn't look so much like John Wick. <laughs> uh, I'm he, wondering if that's because he was also filming John he Wick might, he might at, have the been, at the time. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Justice League shows that we can take out mustaches. Yeah, uh, don't do that no, again. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so, I mean, uh, there is that for me. It does. He does look like John Wick. I mean... For me, Neo with that long hair with beard, it just, I don't know, <laughs> didn't mm -hmm. feel right. But, I, but like you said, I, there this is a first trailer. We don't know hard much about I have seen something about a synopsis leaking around. I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know if you've read that or have heard about that. Um, I have not. I'm trying to avoid spoilers and just go with you. my own kind of, yeah, for this one. This I'm, is, new, really this is wanna, a new road for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be spoiled with Let this Let me know one. how long that lasts. surprised. Yeah, I will. Um, episode 97, Josh has looked up the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next episode. But, you know, another thing I really loved about this trailer is the use of, like, the blue pills and everything and what that might mean in terms of, you know, is he suppressing or is, you know, he being forced to suppress some of these things? Because the red pill is what kind of set your mind free and everything. Yeah. Um, blue pills, but then also, blue pills do other things. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I also <laughs> just like loved and my mind went blank thinking about blue pills. <laughs> Sorry. He <laughs> <laughs> screwed me all up, man. Um but there was something else I loved about this trailer, and I hope I think about what it was before the show's <laughs> over. <laughs> Let's talk about the Shang-Chi box office a little bit, and then... Yeah. Let's do sure. that. Maybe sure it'll, it'll come, come to me. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come to you. So yeah, um, Shang-Chi ha- had a great Labor Day weekend, and it, it scored $90 million domestically over the Labor Day weekend, which is a new record, by the way. I'm shattering the previous record. Um, what and was? Do you know? Do you know what the previous record was? Like, you know, I okay. Uh, I do not. Okay. I knew at one point, but now I'm not sure. Okay. But, but yeah, I, I think it did a fantastic job, and it's continuing to. And we're gonna talk in just a minute. Um, actually, let's just head into right into our review, and we can talk more about those box office numbers. Okay, so we just talked about the Labor Day weekend, but uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is currently sitting at $145 million at the domestic box office and $257 million worldwide. Um, we mentioned that it, it shattered the Labor Day weekend record. Um, and this has pretty much sealed the deal for Marvel's Eternals getting a theatrical-only release as well. Um, so, Adam, what do you think about the strategy that was used here, and, and how has it paid off for Marvel? Strategy for Shang-Chi? Or, uh, yeah, or, yeah, the strategy for Shang-Chi. Being yeah, like no, that I, kind I, of 40, 45-day uh, release window, and then... You know. I, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on the 45-day release window till we see the release window pass, <laughs> and I can mm-hmm. you know, kind of give a better you know, look back on that. Um because right now I don't love 45 days. It feels so quick for, for uh, you know, between theater runs to digital and all that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm glad it was just theaters. Uh, I honestly believe it's time to just do that, you know. Uh, it's time yeah. It's time to just go with it. And uh, Shang-Chi kind of proved that... Uh, you know, people will go see a movie like that, and it can do well. And so, you know, let's let's do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's obviously really paid off, and just you know, goes to show that people are willing to go to the movie theater and um, in numbers. And you know, it's it's definitely showing at the box office. And I, while I did you know, always kind of support the whole day and date release strategy, especially when things were, you know, well, I guess things are pretty bad now again. But anyway, um, you know, when people felt like they really needed to stay at home and they were given that option to watch the movies at home instead of just delaying them more, like I agreed with that. But now I do think it is time for these, especially these bigger tentpole films um, to see theatrical releases only. And I'm a little bit concerned when it comes to films like uh, The Matrix Resurrections and Dune um, when it comes to the day and date thing. Because those are still I scheduled worry. for HBO Max, right? They are. They are still scheduled for HBO Max 
and theater simultaneous release. But right. I'm worried about what that might do. And can we are we going to get sequels for these films if they don't succeed quite as much as they could have? So, yeah. um, you know, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, and I know people disagree with me, but I'm behind, you know, just doing theatrical releases now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, so what were your overall, uh, blah, blah. what were your overall thoughts about Shang Chi, and where does it land for you in the MCU? Yeah, I mean, overall, I really liked it. Uh, I have some things I didn't love so much about it, but um, overall, I really liked it. Where it lands in the MCU, it's it's definitely top ten. Like I don't know, um, you know, probably a little lower than top five, I think, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe somewhere like seven ish. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree. I, I think for me, it's it's somewhere in that top ten area, Some, somewhere right around maybe like Doctor Strange. Um, okay. yeah. You know, really enjoyed it. Um, was had a different feel a fresh feel to it yeah like dr strange did for me you know it, it doesn't quite get up there with like you know the infinity war and Endgame and civil war and those ones but um but it's definitely there yeah and yeah for sure uh it, it, it's a great origin story it really does a good job of introducing that character and uh tying it into everything else also you know there's yeah. some really good tie-ins as, as well there so it it it's a great origin story. It feels connected. I think it's a great way to bring Shang-Chi into that Avengers arena. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was kind of fun seeing an, an origin story again, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I loved, you know, just the the cultural aspects of the film yeah. And, yeah. And, and all that was really cool to see. Um, and, you know, speaking of that character, what, what were your thoughts on the cast and and characters in, in Shang-Chi. Uh, I mean the, the cast overall, I loved that. I am still not an Aquafina fan. <laughs> and I'm lukewarm. Um, I have, <laughs> I've tried. I just, I can't. And it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Her, her brand of humor just never hits with me. It, you know, yeah. The jokes never land. It, it, it just, it, it, it's not, it's not, connecting with me i don't know why um same thing happened with raya and it happened again here so it just must be Mm -hmm. just must not be my thing which is fine um however the rest i really enjoyed and and i don't know if we mentioned this but before we go farther shang chi this is gonna be full spoilers uh so turn away now if you haven't seen shang chi and uh you know come back later but um having said that I thought she was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you, I had really I, I, mixed feelings about seeing her falling off that building. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be like where, you know, Shang-Chi loses his girlfriend. And then, you know, that, you know, that pushes the story uh, forward. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and I was like, it, okay, it, I'm behind this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, all right. And it but then, didn't happen. No, so she survived. Yeah. I had a tough time with that character too. And um, I liked her more. I liked Aquafina more in this than I did in Raya. Um, but she is still is her performances are just slightly annoying to me. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and yeah, the, 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 the humor doesn't land for me either. So I'm with you on that, but yeah. um, 
But I thought the other, the rest of the cast was the rest of the cast. Great. I thought was was great. And um, I, I, you might disagree with me on this. I I liked seeing Ben Kingsley again. Um, I I could have done without that. Yeah, <laughs> I I liked that. I think that they tr- they really tried to fix Mandarin and Iron Man three. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe it, too much. And maybe it too hard. Still doesn't really fix Iron Iron Man three for me as far as that goes. Um, but it was an interesting idea, you know, that, uh, that, um, what's his face? <laughs> um, can't think of the guy's last name. Uh, I can't think of the character's name, uh, but Shang-Chi's father, um, that he was kind of a Mandarin and that was like a name that he has been known by in yes. the past. Yeah. And that, you know, Ben Kingsley. He's kind of like the true Mandarin, you know? Yeah. And that Ben Kingsley's character was like, almost like a mockery of that or, you know, um, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not a mockery is the right word, but you know, but it was kind of based on him, more or less. Uh, so right. like, I thought that was interesting. I liked it. I I I actually did like seeing Ben Kingsley back. I thought that was. I thought he he's he's funny as Trevor. It, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's really funny. That was for me. That was the comedic relief that hit with me. Uh, was Ben Kingsley, but um, you know uh. I'm not gonna say his name right. I hate I hate this, but Simu, Simu, Liu Shang Chi, uh, mm-hmm. I think is perfect. Perfect he's cast. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. The rest of the cast around him, his father. Uh, which again, I'm gonna I'm, I should look this stuff up so I'm not sound like an idiot. Um, but the father was perfectly cast for me as well. The mm-hmm. whole thing, the, everyone around Aquafina was great. <laughs> I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think um, my issue with the Ben Kingsley character being in there is just that sometimes Marvel does this. Like, I, I was I was really into this movie, and, and it had, there was sort of a, I don't want to say it was dark but it was it definitely took itself seriously but then something yeah. happens where this character is introduced and it just gets a little goofy and then i feel like the film isn't taking itself seriously anymore and it's just being silly and and that's where i have an issue with marvel sometimes because i, can I like that. i like movies that are funny and have humor but still take themselves seriously i can understand so i think that too, that's yeah. my issue I mean, yeah. Marvel's kind of done that a lot. In the, oh yeah, you know, yeah. You know, thinking back to the earliest days, they've always kind of been a little more lighthearted. And uh, you know, I, I've actually, uh, for me, I've actually appreciated DC for that because they're very much the opposite. You don't get the same things mm-hmm. you get with Marvel, and it's a bit right. But yeah, there's definitely some uh, areas of this where it uh, gets a little more lighthearted. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think I had the same issue with like bro Thor or whatever you call him. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> it, it, because it just, it just felt silly to me so that, you know, that's. And to be honest with you, and I know this isn't a popular opinion. That was what I had a problem with, with Ragnarok, you know, it was that it, you know, very much felt like a guardians style movie, you know, with the comedy and all yeah. that. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like a Thor movie. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can like, see that. Like for me, I would have, I would have probably preferred it to be its own thing. Like Ragnarok was its own movie instead of a uh, Thor branded movie. Part of like, you know the, what I mean? Yeah. So like, but I, but it's, I mean, I, I totally understand where you're coming from there. Cause I've had those same feelings with Marvel before too. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's just certain things in certain movies sometimes pull me out of it a little yeah. bit. But but let's talk about the things we really love. Let me let me touch on one more this. thing. Yeah, before, go ahead. Before we get into the good things, and we have one more negative out of the way for me. Uh, and that was the Morris character, <laughs> uh, which was that little winged furry thing that doesn't have a face. It didn't have a face. And I don't. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it, he's supposed to be cute. It's and a little creepy. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it because there's no head. Yeah, <laughs> there's right. No, there's no head. <laughs> like, uh, I don't yeah, know what I'm supposed that... to look at. Like, you know, there's. Uh-huh. I I had a hard time with that. And that the way he's well, used, careful, I thought he's, was he's very sensitive about not having a face. Adam, <laughs> so we got to. It's just the thing. The the way he's used and some of that stuff with Ben Kingsley and Morris and how they connected and you know some of that comedy, I liked. I like yeah, there's lot. some good stuff in there with that. Yeah, but the design of that character, I just can't. I can't. It it weirds me out a little bit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, uh, I can't disagree. So those were my only like two, the like, Aquafina and Morse are my two main take. You know, negatives about this movie, but uh, there's mm-hmm. some really good stuff that we can get into now that I got that out of my system. Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll start with something I really love. I love the opening of this film. I, I, I loved, you know, it introduced... Um, it felt Lord of the Rings for a little bit. Yeah. Um, a prologue, yeah. Uh-huh, that prologue was really cool, and we kind of got introduced yeah. to this world through the through, through the prologue and and everything, and, and kind of this how this love story between Shang-Chi's parents, like, takes place. So I, I thought that was great. I thought it was beautiful looking. Yeah, um, yeah. Very effective, you know. So that was one of the things I really loved. I will say this: Shang Chi is the best choreographed uh, mm-hmm. superhero mm-hmm. movie that has ever been. <laughs> I agree, and 100%. I don't. I don't have a, any qualms saying that. That is the fight scenes in this are far and away the best thing I've ever seen in a superhero movie, as far as in, mm-hmm. in terms of fight scenes and choreography and all that stuff. Hands down, best. Yep. Yeah, like the a couple scenes that come to my mind, like the bus scene, I, I think was just so well done, so well choreographed that that whole fight sequence yeah. was yeah. something else. Yeah. And another scene that comes to my mind is when they're like on the scaffolding of that one building. That and yeah, that, that, stuff that was incredible. Blew my mind. Yeah, I, mean, like, yeah. I, I I actually. I have a fear of heights. I don't like heights. <laughs> and, I don't either. And watching that stuff was actually a little uncomfortable for me. <laughs> um, but it was incredible, you know, just on the, on the side of that building, the stuff that they're doing on that scaffolding and swinging in and out and going down levels and then back up levels. I mean, it was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Just mind-blowing. For sure. Yeah, so on one hand, you had the, this this really great fight choreography and, and you know martial arts happening and everything. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you had almost this fantasy story taking place yeah. where, yeah. you know, it, I love that. So I figured you would love that about it. Um, so, you know, we get, we're treated to some different creatures in this one, like dimension. Is it sort of like its own dimension type thing or, um, it was, it it's, was pretty it's, cool. It's Fangorn forest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was not expecting to see like 
dragons and yeah. a dragon fighting another dragon. Like, I d- did not see any of that coming. Disney seems to think that any Aquafina movie has to end with a dragon over a lake. <laughs> water dragons. Like, yes. the, Aquafina yeah, water loves dragons. water yeah. dragons. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, I still but, don't know how, how I quite feel about all that, but it was. I, I, I enjoyed it while I was watching. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, it, it, it had an epic feel to it, you know, really. Mm-hmm. I, um, I wasn't sure how I totally felt about the the create, the soul suckers and, you know, that whole type of thing. I thought the dragon yeah. part was very interesting. The soul suckers were, were a little weird for me. I don't know why. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what was weird about it, but, I mean, um, it just felt... Uh, if it, it, I don't know, I even how to say that. It felt like uh, what were those those parademon things in Justice League? It kind of felt like that for me, I guess. Yeah, it, you know that that's that's I think what I was yeah. feeling. But um, I thought the dragons were pretty cool. It was epic. Like it was, it had that you know that cultural feel. I think and it kind of fit mm-hmm. for me there. And so you know, for those reasons, I thought it was. I thought it was really. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, that whole, that whole dragon thing above the lake. Uh, the, the big bad, I, I that monster uh, that I, I, I don't know what I forget what the name of that monster thing is. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 king soul sucker, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel that, like I need to see this again. Yeah, at least a couple more times to get all this stuff straight. Yeah. Uh, that thing was epic looking to me. Like, uh, you know, for how much I didn't enjoy Morris, I thought actually the other character designs were, um, well, the creature designs were really interesting, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, those whole creatures in, in that alternate area, <laughs> dimension, whatever it is, yeah. um, were all really cool, you know, between the that horse thing <laughs> um, that Trevor mentions, I forget what the exact line was, but that was, it was a pretty good line. Uh, but then there's mm-hmm. those lion things that are, you know, trotting around. Um, and then that, that the dragon and the King soul sucker, the, the, those whole creature designs, I thought were really cool. Uh, it's just Morse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. And you know, I, I loved, I love the mythology behind this and, like you said, the cultural aspects of it, the fantasy elements of it. I also love just kind of the um, the contrast and fighting styles um, between Shang-Chi's father and the style he was using compared to, like, his mom and the style those people used um, right. because his was much more harsh and, you know clenched fist and um, yeah and then you see that makes sense and and theirs was more like elegant and um right you know and more defensive in nature and then you see that transformation in shang chi as the movie Mm -hmm. progresses you know uh where he's been trained as this assassin by his father then he he relaxes that you know he uh, adopts more of what his mother was and you mm-hmm. know, less of that harshness of his father. Yeah. And I love just the, the story of, of kind of, you know, the desire for, for power, the mm-hmm. desire for, for more power and ultimate, ultimate power. 
uh, unlimited power, if you will. Um, <laughs> and, and just he, his father could not be told otherwise. He couldn't be reasoned with, you know, because he was so focused on, you know, having the ultimate power. Um, and he thought this was going to be the solution to it. And really he was being deceived the whole time. You know, he thought it was his, his dead wife that was speaking See, to him. That's actually what really, I it, yeah. appreciated the most about, about that character, about his father was that mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he was going for, you know, more power, more power, all that stuff. But he was also pretty broken, you know? So I thought mm -hmm. his motivations as a villain were very good. Sometimes Marvel can struggle a little bit with, you know, interesting villains. He was an interesting villain. Um, yeah, I thought because, he was a good one. Yeah, he, he is, you know, lost the the only person that could, you know, you know, kind of move him away from that, you know, desire for power. Uh, the only person that was ever successful in, you know, doing that with him, he, he loses that person and he's kind of mm -hmm. broken from there on. And, you know, like you said, he's being deceived. He's uh, almost... It's almost like a, like a possession type thing, um, where he's hearing mm -hmm. his his wife, and he's you know has to get that back, you know, and that's kind of his motivation and and doing what he does to, you know, free that 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 demon beast, whatever it is. Yeah, and it's more of a it's more of a tragedy than yeah. like him. Yeah. He's not like this pure evil villain. Like right. it's a it's it's a more of a tragedy because they, they and story. and they make the point of saying that uh, you know Shang Chi is his mother and his father. You know it, it's mm -hmm. it's yeah, a, he's, you know it's not something that he has to stamp out. You know it's it's not you know kind of like the whole you know go back to start it's like the whole anakin thing it's not that you can't be anakin mm -hmm. you know anakin had the good parts too and you know we kind of forget that when we see vader but like it's very much you know a, a mixture of both and his father uh had, embracing had, that yeah. had these you know bad qualities about him but he also had things that made him a strong you know a strong character a strong person and you know it's for Shang-Chi, it becomes this, you know, finding where that mixture is, you know, for him. I, yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy that about this movie. I did, too. I, I enjoyed the story, the message behind it, um, the characters, the visuals, the martial arts behind it. Um, you know, I talked about just those couple things I could have done without. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, overall, I think I was really surprised by this film i think it was a pleasant surprise I, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was nor was i expecting it to go in the direction that it did but i was pleasantly surprised you know i and, and this movie really stood out to me you know i think sometimes we can go see movies and especially if we've only seen it once it can kind of just disappear from our mind you know if, we, if it didn't really have an impact this one had an impact and, and it really stood out to me yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Now, we also got a mid and post credit scene um, after Shang-Chi. So what were your thoughts on the, the mid credit scene first, I guess? I think that seems to be the most relevant to the MCU. Yeah, so the mid credit scene is the one with Wong. Wong, yeah. Mm -hmm. He kind of pulls both Shang-Chi and... Uh, what is Aquafina's character's name? Katie. Do you know? Katie. Katie. Oh, Katie. I, <laughs> I should have remembered that simple American name. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they get kind of pulled in, and there's 
there's something that see did Wong discover um, within his yeah. the Ten Rings? There's some kind of beacon or something. All right, now you're going to have to refresh my memory because I thought that was the second scene, that beacon. It was the first, It was the mid credit scene. Okay, so what was where, the end credit scene again? The end credit scene was like his sister, like oh yeah, training right. the Ten Rings again. You know, right. yeah. And okay, okay. Uh, the mid credit scene was more interesting for me uh, because me that too. you know that has kind of like direct implications with the MCU stuff. You know mm -hmm. what's going on. With, you know with you know, multiverse stuff. There's that beacon. Uh, so we have the question of, you know, where's the beacon going? Who's, who's hearing that, you know, yeah. that type of stuff. So that's more interesting for me. Um, we haven't really mentioned Wong yet, but I liked seeing Wong in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. at and, first I thought he was just going to be like a cameo where he yeah, kind of yeah, sh right. showed up and was, was he betting on those fights or something like that? Is yeah, that what he was right, doing? They were, they were fixing the fights. Yeah. Fixing the fights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, then it turned out to be more than that with the mid credit mm -hmm. scene, you know? Yeah, right. So uh, that was more interesting for me. However, you know, we kind of go back to that dinner scene with the two friends and the double date thing, and I just didn't... You know, the, that's, again, more of that humor that just didn't connect for me. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, it started off, like, you know, fine. But then when you get into the stuff with Captain Marvel and you have Bruce Banner there and all the other, mm -hmm. which Bruce is normal now. Uh, yeah. Was he not, correct me if I'm wrong, was he not still like Professor Hulk at the end of Endgame? Kind yeah, of stuck of, in that form? At the end of Endgame, I thought he was stuck in that form. And, and this seems to take place after Endgame. Yeah. Because they, his, they talk his about arm was like, and his arm was like in a sling and everything, right. right? So he had, you know, still been affected by the snap, right? Um, which happened in Endgame. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how he got back to being Bruce Banner, but yeah, it so was definitely Bruce Banner. So that's an interesting question. So the, like that stuff, I enjoy more. The end mm -hmm. credit scene is just setting up Shang Chi true. Shang Chi two, yeah. For me, now I agree. But do you think that we're gonna get Shang Chi in? Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I I feel like this mid-credit scene kind of points to that. Um, maybe but I don't know. I don't know. See, my my problem with saying yes to that is it feels like everything is gonna be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You know, it does seem like and... it's gonna be. It's the next team up type of movie. So like I, I, I but I almost feel like saying yes to this stuff is almost setting us up for disappointment. You know. So, yeah. So like, so like, you, you kind of like. I'm going to say yes anyways. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, so like for me, if I feel like I say yes to this, and I'm almost expecting to see Shang Chi in the Multiverse of Madness, and if he doesn't show up, then it's going to feel like it was a missed opportunity. But so I, I, I you know, I'm let say me no. hold on. Let's let's pause for a second. I'm All right. Let me. I want to talk about the, what you just said. Okay. <laughs> so I listened to um, a, John Campia's podcast, and yeah. um, you know he, he's he's pretty big in in this industry in terms of you know podcasting and doing a YouTube show and everything. Um, and he he kind of made a good point about that. He said sometimes what we do and, and what can be a problem is we come up with a theory or an idea in our mind of what we want to happen. And it's just coming from our brain, you know, it's not coming from the writers or the creators, right. but then that theory 
creates an expectation. And if that Even expectation, subconsciously, I think, yeah. And if that expectation, like speculation, leads to an expectation, mm-hmm. and then that expectation can lead to like disappointment if mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. And then we think that there's something wrong with the film because our idea didn't happen. And right. he used better explanation than I just did. But um, so yeah, it's okay to speculate. And think about things, that, but we shouldn't anticipate or expect those things to happen. If they don't, you know, we should still be able to, like, separate that. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard as fans because, like, we want to theorize, you know? It's a it's hard a fun line. part of the whole thing. Yeah, you know? it's a hard line to dance around because, you know, there's... I mean, what you said there, you're quoting John, is, is perfectly true. And, like, like even, even subconsciously... You know, like I say yes to this, and then you know maybe I'm not even realizing that I'm actually kind of expecting to see Shang Chi. You know, um, mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't happen, I was like, well, you know, Shang Chi could have could have you know popped in right here and it would have worked. You know, and you know that. Right. But at the same time, it's kind of fun, and it's almost like our job to theorize as well. You know, it's hard to yeah. Ha- yeah. to separate. You know where we. You know, stop uh, being. Where, where do we draw the line? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, having an expectation versus you know just thinking up a theory. You know, it, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to dance around that line. But I don't know. There's so much going on around. To get back to the original question, there's so much going on around multiverse of madness. You know, between Wanda and yeah. you know now we have uh, the Loki series that's been mm-hmm. messing with multiverse. We have Spider-Man coming up. That's you know going to be multiversal stuff you know we've seen that in the trailer um so i mean there's right there (laughs) three major characters between wanda loki and spider-man that could all appear in this movie you know uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's and and i mean marvel's done this before where they've had these huge huge team-up movies that shouldn't work and they still work um i just i i i don't know (laughs) You just don't know if you're ready for that again yet. <laughs> so no, I mean, it, it, there's so much going on that I just don't want to keep saying yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. you know. Well, we will see. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to Shang Chi. Okay, but I don't know. Probably I'll be wrong. We, yeah, we'll find out. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts about Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? No, I mean I, it's an excellent excellent film it's uh you know even those negatives that i've mentioned they weren't that bad you know yeah um, i mean the positives and the greatness of this film far outweighs any yeah yeah so negatives yeah, or nitpicks yeah yeah any complaining or you know stuff that i'm doing here is you know probably exaggerated because it really is a very very great movie and uh you know probably I really loved WandaVision. I really loved Loki. But for me, this is probably where I feel that the next phase starts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I can't wait to watch it again. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in to episode 96. We hope you enjoyed our review of Shang-Chi. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. It helps us get out to more and more people. And if you're on a platform like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, please do that. It helps. Did I? What, what is going on here? 
With what? I don't know. My my brain just started going in circles. <laughs> deja, sure. deja vu. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah, they're changing something. They are. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to start this all again. Thank you for tuning in to episode 96 of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our Shang-Chi review. If you're uh, not subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so. And if you are on a platform like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, uh, please do that. It helps us get out to more and more people and helps us to know what you like and what you don't like about the show. Uh, we are continuing our watch party. Last week we caught up on three episodes of What If, and this week we're going to get back to Stranger Things with Season 1, Episode 3. Uh, so join us for that in our Discord server. Uh, if you are not in the Discord server yet, what are you waiting for? Uh, it's free. There's no reason to not be there, so we should see all of you there here in the uh, next day or two when you listen to the show, right? That's yes. right. Uh, so for that link, you can always check out the show notes or uh, our website from a certain point of view.com. Uh, the website also has blog articles that we've, that we've written. And you can also find links to send us you know, questions or show topics. You can find all of our past shows on the website as well. Uh, and you can find links to find us on the socials. Uh, those social platforms that we're on are Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both of those are at CertainPOVPod. Facebook page is from a certain point of view. Email address is CertainPOVPod at gmail.com. Uh, we are hosted by Anchor.fm. If you use that app for your podcast, you can leave us a voicemail there. We can play it on the show. And uh, if you don't, you can leave us a voicemail from any phone uh, by dialing 724-901-1783. So let us know what you thought about Shang-Chi uh, by leaving us a voicemail, and we will play that on the show, on the next show. Um, once again, that phone number is 724-901-1783. A reminder that we are also part of the Red 5 Network. The Red 5 Network is an awesome group of podcasts uh, covering a wide range of nerdy topics. So um, you'll find, you know, whatever you like in nerddom, you will find a podcast about it on the Red 5 Network. Uh, so check them out on the uh, internet at red5network.com and on Twitter at red5network. You can find me on the internet at thegods85 on Twitter and Instagram and also on my Disney blog, Ears Gone By, at earsgoneby.blog. Uh, Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at JediJarJar1722. And I, I would like just to, to throw out a big recommendation for the the Ears Gone By blog that oh, my, my buddy here does. Um, his latest article about Epcot and the new Ratatouille ride. Just an excellent article. Thank you. Um, very well very well written, very informative. Um, and I'd also like to come around, come back around to the Matrix Resurrections <laughs> trailer because I remembered what it was that I was going to say. In the trailer, I loved how it referenced Alice in Wonderland. And um, oh, okay. Okay. The, the song lyrics and the the, the mm -hmm. book mm -hmm. and the white rabbit yep. and all those things and, and going going down the rabbit hole. And if you would like to go further down the rabbit hole with me on our YouTube <laughs> channel, um, I did a trailer breakdown for the Matrix Resurrections trailer that you can check out now. Um, but that is it for this week. We thank you so much for joining us, and everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view.